say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey guys, it's Theodore again, back with an update starting off with my last post. As I said, I'm on a job currently. So originally, I wasn't meant to be back so soon, but after the feedback I received from my last post, as well as the current predicament I find myself in, I thought that it would be wise to keep myself occupied as I sit here waiting in my motel room. To start off with, I'd like to tell you how I received jobs from the government and the different types of jobs that I received. I'll receive a text on my work phone when they have a job for me. These texts consist of simply a few words, each word standing for the type of job that this is, as well as the pay involved. Let's start with the job types. NU stands for non-urgent, meaning I can choose whether I want to accept or not. If I want to accept a job or not, I'll send back a message reading simply the letter A for accepted or U for unaccepted. Now, these jobs typically consist of shooing away non-dangerous cryptids, such as the more passive species, fae, maybe a gnome problem. In other cases, it's low-risk extermination jobs, such as burning the nest of dog roaches. Yeah, dog-cockroach hybrids, or tribe of goblins attempting to settle the area. Next type of job would be MI. MI stands for moderate importance, meaning low risk. Still could be dangerous. These jobs are typically given with an individual dangerous cryptid or a small group or starting to settle in an area, tending to be cryptids that breed or create more of their own, such as wendigos, rakes, mothmen, vampires. These jobs tend to be tricky, but usually pay well, since why I accept them the most. The final jobs are U jobs, standing for urgent. These are the most dangerous types of jobs. Though the option to deny or accept, they're jobs that you're specifically accepted for based on your skill set, your abilities, your resources. These jobs are typically when a large group of cryptids are settled in an area, when a town or village is assaulted by dangerous cryptids, when a government experiences escapes, when the absolute most dangerous, absolutely batshit cryptid is loose out in the wild. These cryptids can either be those previously stated or a more recent problem. A cryptid type called Hell's Angels, named after the well-known motorcycle club. They tend to be big, burly, bearded, and unnaturally strong creatures akin to demons. Sporting horns, dark skin, black eyes, blackened wings. Since they only became a problem recently, we know little to nothing about Hell's Angels except for what they're here for, how they enter our world, and the threat and risk they propose to our society as a whole. They're here for one thing, and one thing only. To exterminate the human race. In the paranormal community, it's been speculated that the ones we've dealt with up until this point are simply scouts sent here to assess the situation and threat posed to them by humanity should they launch a full-scale assault. As for how they enter our world, they use a rift or a portal, if you will. A doorway between worlds typically manifesting in an unpopulated, secluded area such as forests, abandoned buildings, and caves. I've only ever had a run-in with one Hell's Angel. It was a challenge to defeat him, to say the least. Luckily, we now have machines built which can detect when and where a rift is open. Texts are sent, and usually a team of detached agents such as myself are sent out to handle it. 
due to the fact that any common agent wouldn't stand a chance against a Hell's Angel. Anyway, back to it. The amount of pay is simply displayed by numbers. One, meaning low pay, typically an NU job. Two, meaning moderate, tending to be for MI jobs. Three, which is for U jobs. I receive these texts on my work phone, which I check hourly. If I accept a job, or if it's a U job, I then proceed to head out to my P.O. box, inside of which I'll discover all the necessary files and documents on the specific job that I'm required to complete. I'll then head up to my lockup, grab the necessary equipment for completing the job, such as guns, my flamethrower, crossbow, sword, etc., or more obscure equipment, such as those used to handle cryptids, which conventional means tend to be useless against. Upon completion, I'll then send a text CPR, completed, payment required, and I'll be wiring my payment from an unknown source. Now they say every story, even fiction, has an aspect of truth to it. Whether it's inspired by theories such as faster-than-light travel in sci-fi, or based on actual true events, or urban legends, there's always an aspect of truth. Especially in the thousands of creepypastas I've seen on the website, you know. You ever wondered why that is? Why they're so popular? Why you can't seem to escape these stories of various cryptids or supernatural entities? It's because it's real. It's all real. It's believed by many, myself included, that you're you're being drip-fed these details, these depictions of these paranormal creatures beyond your comprehension, and you go to sleep at night telling yourself, hey, it's only fiction, they won't get me. But is it? Won't it? The reason for all of this is because these creatures are not only present in our world, but they're abundant. Should you come across one of them, whether it be a wendigo or a gnome, it's preferred that you have some idea on how to deal with the creature. This is why I believe my posts here haven't been taken down yet, why the government continues to allow these words to appear on your screen. You're probably cuddled up in bed on your phone, reading this right now at your computer desk. You believe this is merely a story, a tale that was spun by an avid fiction writer, but is it? You're being drip-fed. You're learning about the supernatural without the blanket of ignorance being lifted. This is what they want. Whether there's a creature lurking outside your bedroom window, waiting for you to fall asleep or not. And I hope you enjoy my stories regardless. Anyway, on to the series of events that's been taken over the last 24 hours. I mean, shit. The reason why you're getting an update so quickly is because there's something lurking in the forest outside of my motel as I write this. I have no internet, so maybe a few hours before I'm able to post it, if at all. If not, I don't know if I'm going to survive tonight, but if you're seeing this, it means at the very least I was able to live a couple extra hours. The story starts where I left off yesterday after finishing my previous post. I looked at my work phone. I received a text from my employer reading MI2, moderate importance, moderate pay. I sent back a text reading A. I grab the keys to my pickup and head towards the door, planning to pick up some breakfast along the way to my P.O. box. As I drove, I reflected on my previous post, thinking about what I'd post next. Maybe a guide on how to survive the paranormal, places to avoid, accounts on different cryptids that you've likely never heard before. Or should I simply post stories to keep it interesting? Hope you'd pick something up along the way. Deciding to do both, I started picturing the layout and the format of the next post. What I settled on is what you previously saw, and what you'll see in the future posts. Maybe I'll make a few posts focusing on specific topics, but they'll be mostly stories. After pulling into my diner and taking my breakfast to go, I proceeded to my P.O. box. Stepping out of my car and beginning to walk to my P.O. box, I felt a shiver run down my spine. 
my senses of intuition kicking in. Looking back, that should have been my first red flag, but I didn't take much notice as this wasn't the first time this happened. It just meant this job would be more challenging than I currently believed it will be. Boy, that was an understatement. Yeah. Reaching my P.O. box and opening it, I saw the file containing the details of my next job. Picking it up and taking it back to my vehicle, I decided to sit for a while, eating my breakfast, drinking my coffee, and opening up the file. Inside were four documents containing necessary info on the specific cryptid I was hunting. Things I would need to bring with me for the hunt, precautions I would need to take, and a few photographs of the cryptids. The photographs would gain my attention first. It's quite large in proportion to the oak trees surrounding it, walking on its pale, bony front and hind legs, not a single hair on its entire body. Its eyes were a shade of black I'd never seen before. It wasn't just the abundance of light, it was as if the light around its face itself was being sucked into these gaping chasms, as if they were black holes. Even in the photograph, the ink seemed to shimmer and distort obscuring the rest of its face. All I could make out were those cold, black eyes. Placing the photograph on the seat beside me, I began to read the files. In big, bold words at the top of the page, name Animus. And read, hmm, muttered to myself, Animus, Latin for mind, which is a suitable name, considering these creatures were famous for distorting perception of things. They had a telepathic ability which far rivaled even my own. Commonly mistaken for shapeshifters, these creatures will make you see what they want you to see, even in photographs. While their ability did have less effect, any common man would simply see a person, a dog, or whatever the creature willed you to see. An animus's ability works through its eyes. The moment you look into them in person, your individuality will cease to be. You'll be completely at this creature's will, quite a useful ability considering they feed exclusively on humans. Needing to feed a large amount before reproducing, the only way of a normal person to identify them is from their fingernails. They're completely black. Easily mistaken for nail polish, though. That's why these creatures tend to take the form of a young woman. They're made even more dangerous by the fact that they possess near-human-like intelligence. Despite looking more akin to an animal than a human, you'd expect them to be stupid. You'd be sorely mistaken. The reason why this job is listed as moderate importance for me is because there was only one of them. It had taken up residence in a small motel off a highway a few miles away from me, in the middle of a large forest, common dwelling for these creatures. Considering their pale skin, they were quite vulnerable to the sunlight. As for why it had taken up residence at a motel, it was likely to trick weary travelers into buying a room and devouring them in their sleep their favorite time to strike. Being a detached and considering my own telepathic abilities, I'm partially immune to these creatures' mimetic effects and abilities. Although they can alter my perception and easily shapeshift, they can't control my actions. I can look into their eyes without being completely taken over, hence why it appeared in the natural form within the photograph to me. Now, despite their bony arms and legs, their skinny frame and exposed ribcage, their skin was akin to diamond meaning it couldn't be punctured by conventional means. The only way to kill these beasts would be to burn away its skin using a UV light and puncturing its heart with silver. Reading all I needed to know, I slipped the documents and photographs back into the file. Placing it in my pack and heading to my lockup to retrieve necessary equipment, 
and form my strategy. Upon arriving at and entering my lockup, I looked over my gun rack, seeing my assorted selection of weapons, some of them anomalous themselves. After carefully considering which gun to take with me on the mission, I decided to take my SV Drognov, powerful sniper rifle with a few minor alterations I'd made, fixing a high-powered UV flashlight to it and retrieving some silver armor-piercing rounds for my ammunition station. I wondered if maybe this was overkill, and after all, this was the first Animus I'd ever faced. But it's better to be safe than sorry. Proceeding to grab my M16, also loaded with silver armor-piercing rounds, I decided to grab two silver daggers as well, and a nail bomb, also containing silver. After placing my daggers on my belt, my gun, and bomb in my pack, I walk over to the table in the center of the room, grabbing a half-empty bottle of whiskey and taking a swig. I consider my options. What would my strategy be? After around 30 minutes of drinking and brainstorming, thinking over previous jobs of a sibling nature, I landed on the idea of acting as bait. I would head to the motel, head to the front desk, acting oblivious to the creature's true nature, and I would buy a room. I knew there would be no other guests because at this point, authorities had already sealed off the road. This wouldn't work to my advantage, deciding to call a fellow agent embedded in the FBI, requesting that he loan me a few agents for the evening. The rest of this would be so that I could avoid the Animus being suspicious of me being the only guest for the evening. They would sleep in the rooms furthest from the front desk while I slept in the one closest, assuring it would come to me first. These agents would be given a brief description of the cryptid that we were dealing with and be advised not to look directly into its eyes, lest they be under its complete control. The agents would be advised to stay out of it unless I desperately needed the help, but under strict orders not to engage the creature head-on, simply providing cover fire for me should I fuck up, allowing me to regain the upper hand. I would lay in my bed with my M16 stashed under the covers, facing the wall, and wait for the creature to enter my room. The common man wouldn't hear it entering, since these creatures are incredibly stealthy, but with my enhanced hearing, I knew I would. So upon it entering, I would jump up with my gun in hand and switch on the flashlight, burning away its skin, and fire as many rounds as I could, straight into the beast's heart. Now, I know what you must be wondering. Why not just walk into the front building and just shoot it? Well, not only would it see me coming from a mile away, a man entering the building with an M16 in hand, but it would be able to immediately duck for cover. I needed it out in the open, in the middle of my room and I needed to catch it by surprise. Since it has the ability to cause humans to fall into a deep slumber, an ability which luckily doesn't work on the detached, it would be expecting me to be in a deep sleep. With everything prepared and my plan fully fleshed out, I set off in my pickup towards the direction of the motel. It was a few hours trip in which I listened to stories from other agents, and while some of the cryptids these guys had fought without struggle, I've gotta say, I wouldn't mind some of you guys on my back in a sticky situation. Could sure use a few of you here right now. Upon arriving in the motel, I saw that my team had already arrived, an assortment of vehicles parked out front. It really just looked like a normal motel on a normal day, yet there was nothing normal about it. Yet again, a shiver ran down my spine. That same warning sign that something would go wrong, and again I shrugged it off as jitters. And after all, this was my first time doing battle with an animus. Parking my pickup into a space right by the room I planned on taking, I entered the front building, swinging the doors open as nonchalantly as I could. I forced a yelp back down my throat. It was as if I could feel it in the air. I could sense what it was just by being in its vicinity. 
I believe this would help me later on, it still gave me goosebumps. Looking over the front desk, I saw it looking almost exactly like a young woman in her 20s. A rural girl with a few noticeable differences. Her nails were pure black. Her brown eyes seemingly a little too dark, and an unnaturally wide, toothy grin sped across her face. Welcome to Dark Oak Motel. My name's Mandy. How can I help you today? She said, with a sweet voice no different to a human female. This just freaked me out even further, but I kept my composure. Yeah, hi. I'm looking for a room to spend the night. Preferably one right outside my car there. You got a bad back. It just makes it easier to move my bags to and from my room, I said, rubbing my back for effect. Why, sure, sir. That'd be room 14, she said, peering over my shoulder at the placement of my vehicle. That'll be $40 for one night. How would you like to pay for this? She said in a polite and charming voice. Cash, please, I said, retrieving my wallet. After paying, she led me to my room and made sure that I was all situated, then handed me the key. After she went back to her spot at the front building, I walked out to my car and retrieved my pack, heading back to my room and placing my weapons into the necessary spots. I decided that tonight I would sleep with my belt on. The dagger strapped to my side, accompanied by a UV flashlight, but concealed by the blanket in case I needed to get up close and personal. My M16 placed beside the bed closest to the wall for later, but I needed to lift it into bed with me, and after setting everything up, I eyed up the whiskey bottle I had placed on the bedside counter, considering a drink for a second, but deciding against it. I needed to keep my wits about me. Heading out into the day, I see that by now the sun was nearing the horizon, and deciding on a dinner of snack machine foods, I headed over with my wallet in hand, passing by one of my team members on my way to the snack machine. Giving him a subtle nod as I passed, I decided on a bag of Lay's and a can of Coke to be my dinner. Heading back to my room... Eating my small dinner, I decided to call it a night. Get some rest, considering I need it. As I lay there, clutching my M16 close to my body, I felt a rush of anxiety build up in my chest, feeling that same chill down my spine I'd already experienced several times that day. I sighed to myself. This is going to be a very long night indeed. After waiting a few hours, watching as the light slowly disappeared from the wall until it was almost complete darkness, only illuminated by the street lamps outside, I decided to focus on my enhanced hearing, listening. I could hear the members of my team settling down, a few tossing and turning, other brushing their teeth, one on the phone with his wife, but after a few hours when they'd all settled and I'd long since heard any noise come from the main building, that same feeling of anxiety built up in my chest again. What if something were to go wrong? However, unlikely that might be, why hadn't I fleshed out a backup plan? I heard my team tossing and turning, usually considering the animus is said to put people into a deep and still sleep once they passed out. Then I heard it. The door slowly opening, readying myself, waiting to hear footsteps enter my room so I could whip out my gun and nail the fucker. It's right in my mind as I jump up, switching on my flashlight and shooting the creature right in the chest. I see a look of fear and shock as the creature topples over, its long and bony body spread out across the floor. I allow myself a moment of victory, looking up at the ceiling and cheering, hearing a still human-like moan coming from the floor. I look down, and my blood runs cold. I see... One of my team, one of my agents, lying there, blood pooling underneath him as he takes his last breaths. 
Left speechless, I stand there in a trance. Had I just murdered one of my team members? Uh, no, this is this has got to be the Animus playing tricks on me. Maybe t taking the form of one of my agents after it had been shot for help and sympathy. But that wouldn't explain... That wouldn't explain how it hadn't changed back upon dying. Then I heard a shrill shriek from the night outside, followed with distorted laughter. Heading out there with my rifle at the ready, I head to the next door over from me where an agent is stationed. Attempting to knock on the door, I'm shocked as it opened by my touch. And inside I see a pool of blood, but no body. Heading over to all the other rooms, I see the same scene. The Animus had slaughtered every single one of my agents, taken their bodies to feast on them. Fucking bastard! I yelled out into the night. I was met with only the same shrill laughter. And that was when I realized what had happened. The agent I had shot had looked into the creature's eyes earlier that evening. He was under that thing's control. He had likely told the creature everything he knew of the plan. The creature then hatched a plan of its own, killing all of my agents. And augmenting my perception to send the agent under its control to my door, having me kill him as part of some sick fucking joke. And now I knew who I am. And what I am. I don't have to explain to you why I don't want to get caught by this creature, but I will regardless. See, I can't die, and I have a regeneration ability, meaning that I would be a limitless supply of food for this creature, and it's young, unless I resign my body and pass on from this world, which I simply won't do. Not while I have unfinished business in this world. I decided to run back to my room. Hearing the creature's footsteps not far behind, I enter and I slam the door, grabbing my UV flashlight and placing a vase over it, showering the room with the violet light. This is where I still am right now, typing this out on my laptop. I still hear its shrill laughter from outside, hear it skitter across the pavement, and what's worse is that I think, I think it's given birth. I hear crying, I hear crying akin to human babies coming from the main building. I'm preparing to make my last stand as I don't have any cell reception. I can't call for backup, I can, I can see the flashlights running out of power as I type this. I doubt that it'll last until morning, so whatever I'm going to do, I'll have to do it right now. I can't replace the flashlight with one from my gun, as I'll need it to be able to kill this creature, so I'm simply going to gather my equipment, try to come up with a plan, and make my last stand. And if I survive, you'll be seeing a lot more of me, including a follow-up story, but... But if I don't, then it's been an honor. I hope you've enjoyed what I have thus far, and I hope that you heed my words. Cryptids exist. And you're not safe. Until next time, Theodore Coulson. Hey there, kids. It's me, Mr. Creepasta. And I wanted to tell you thank you for watching today's video on YouTube or listening to tonight's episode of the podcast. If you guys like hearing stories being told here on YouTube slash podcast slash wherever you happen to be listening to stories being told, then you can always get some behind-the-scenes stuff. Check out twitch.tv slash MrCreepyPasta, and sometimes I go live there. That's basically the end of the statement. <laughs> sometimes I'm live. A lot of the times, I'm not. Sometimes when I'm live, I play video games. Majority of the time when I'm live, I'm attempting to work, but also I get wrapped up in talking about life stories or things. So if you ever wanted to know me outside of the th th this, then hey, uh, just check out twitch.tv slash MrCreepyPasta. And I want to give a big thank you, as always, to all of my Patreon subscribers on Patreon. You guys are the real MVPs. You are the ones that allow me to do stuff like 
getting specific stories just for the channel. If you guys want to see more of that, then I would really, really, really love if you guys could help support on patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta like some of these wonderful guys such as Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Stephanie Butler, Bobby Carmen, Tristan Pelton, Chance Burnett, Diana Krauss, Chaos Arts, Cryolinian, Milk and Meal, Silty K. Sterlerson, Zachary Graphius, It's All About That Fucking Music, Gorang Trimegacy, Maria Walker, Tanya Oren, Pain Gravy, Crazy Kid, Mr. Marcus Blitz, Ika Limchok, Dirt Diver 030, Matt Bach, Dabbles Rat, Voice of Sand, Coffee Zombie, Matthew McNeese, Chelly J, Jeremy H, Raltazal, Ficomel, Nana, Nick Weaver, Melted Lake, Tolly Sue, Sky Mara Ravenswood, William King, Darth Milver, Michael Ortiz, Satanic Aries, Nessie, Butterhawk 764, Lambda M98, Harley, Billy Morrow, Sashi Sazaku, My Body Sounds Like Rice Krispies, Kaylee Ambrose, Suji Campbell, Stricken, Azarine Fox, Freddy Krueger, Nicholas Sicardi, Happy Birthday Jason Wilson, Lisa Cottrell, Caspian, Hades Nephew, Tater Chip, Acid System, Prozac and Pancake Appreciation Society, Cryptic Nightmares, Kiri the Sloth, Tommy Green, Fester Lampshade, Sky Harbor, Nico Kyle, Raphael Rodriguez, the Ginger Bros, Aaron Stormcrow, Daniel Paulson, Trace Miles, and Corey Kenshin. You guys, as well as everybody, if you look down in the description, and everybody that can even just give $1 to be able to help things out, I really appreciate it. If you guys would like to join this list of names that I horribly, horribly mispronounce, check out patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta, and honestly, even you guys who just listen, you watch, you comment, you like, you subscribe, thank you all. I really appreciate it. And sweet dreams. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.